0: Welcome to Koinonia Podcast. We exist to engage the church with edifying biblical discussion that is relevant to our local church in our world today.
1: Let's tune in in today's episode. Well, hello. We are back again. Yes, we are. And I am Pastor Brent from Steel Valley Church. This is David Suarez, pastoral apprentice
0: from Steel Valley Church.
1: It is a great day to be with you today yeah
0: it's a great day to be with you as well this is uh this is excellent i love these podcasts
1: yeah these have been fun i've been enjoying the the time Mm. and just thinking critically through topics it's been great exactly yeah same here yeah i'd like you to publicly confess though okay something all right you told me earlier that you cannot whistle
0: not in the slightest
1: and you call yourself a Christian no that's what
0: <laughs> I've been thinking about this for years okay people are uh, obviously I, I can already feel the judgment I feel the judgment through the computer screen already yeah and people know I've been struggling with this for you know for years yeah. uh, people have come up to me and said you know David I and some have been nice enough to pull me aside and they say I, I heard you can't whistle
1: hmm. and very I was, concerned
0: no of course and I thought hmm. oh wow, I you know, I appreciate your concern. And they're like, well, I'm not really concerned. I'm judging you, but I want to let you know you should really learn. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so I attempted. I, I tried. Couldn't get it. Interesting. Still
1: can't. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's a it's a big milestone for my kids. Um, we got uh, They can already whistle. So, yeah, I, I kind of. Yeah, they can make the sound a little bit. That makes know. me really upset. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're being bested by a 6-year-old and a 9-year-old.
0: Oh, and in such an important, you know, skill in life too. Like think of all the times where, you know, you're 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 out hunting yeah. and you want someone to know, "Hey, there's a deer here," but you don't want to say that so you have to whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just shout that and it's, then the deer runs away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That- <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, just wait, wait till my three-year-olds uh, are old enough, and uh, I'll teach them how to whistle too. And I'll make sure that they show you how. Oh
0: man, right. God bless them, but yeah, I'm gonna, I, I will be jealous. I know. I know. <laughs> All right,
1: so <laughs> let's let's uh, let's uh, transition. Let's transition to uh, the topic at hand today. And as the title of the podcast uh, entails, it's talking about church membership mm. and. Um, My hope is that we can have a fruitful discussion um, that talks about why church membership is important and why it matters, Mm. and spend some time on that. Um, Also kind of establish, I think, a fundamental, uh, maybe not fundamental, but foundational uh, principle that uh, we need to clarify what the church is. Because yeah. I think when you properly identify what the church is and the church's purpose, mm. there you'll have that church membership helps to support what the church is mm-hmm. and what we're supposed to do. Um, but then I also want to look at, is church membership biblical? Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe at the end, we can qualify a couple things of what we're saying, what we're not saying, yep. just to avoid pitchforks <laughs> and torches outside of our homes <laughs> Asking for our heads to yeah. be on a platter. Not again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's dive in of, um, why are we even co- talking about this? Why are we considering this as a, as a topic? Hmm. And um, we have specifically read through a book called Church Membership. It, it was published by Nine Marks, hmm. and uh, Nine Marks is a fantastic publisher, one of the best, I believe... Uh, Resources available for church polity, and they have a book called Church Membership. And um, you have a book called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church mm-hmm. that's published by Nine Marks by Mark Dever. Yeah, there's a lot of marks in I there, I know, right? Yeah. yeah, and so, yeah, why does it matter? Why is this even worthy of our time or our listeners' time?
0: Mm. Well, well, church membership is so important in a way that I until last year, never actually understood, never recognized the significance of it in the slightest. Uh, Church membership is, number one, it's rooted in Scripture. Now, of course, people might say, oh, well, you know, it doesn't say that. What's the Greek? Yeah, yeah, what is the Greek meaning, right? Have you truly considered the Strongs, the Nestle-Allen? And I'm like, well, slow your roll, you know. uh, (laughs) We have the concepts there, even if we don't see the exact wording. Yeah. Um, But church membership is important for uniting the individual Uh, people who make up the body of christ Mm. into the greater body which is the church right Mm -hmm. and so membership allows us to have a more uh, important and helpful it's
1: like a a clarification exactly
0: it's a clarification of what it means to be part of the body of christ it's Mm -hmm. a way for us to have a strong foundation for us growing in sanctification Mm -hmm. for the significance of truly saying i Am a member mm. of the body, and I desire to identify as that. Yeah, you know, which of course requires submission, uh, which is foundational to, for every Christian to Christ yeah. in
1: sanctification. In yeah. sanctification, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, it's it's important. And there's that that complex in our society that makes us fear commitment. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, Mark didn't the author give a, a definition of that? Is yeah,
0: that... it's actually incredible. I, I love I love this word. He says um. All the statistics seem to point to our age being an age of commitment phobia. Commitment phobia is the fear that in promising to do something good, we will miss out on getting something even better. Mm. And so people would often choose to, quote unquote, keep their options open, is what people would say. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, of course, in a certain sense, commitment phobia is... Not exactly what it might sound like. Mm -hmm. People actually are quite quick to commit to literally anything. Uh, They're just less quick to commit to the church,
1: (laughs) or a single church. Because what if what if they they change the music, Mm -hmm. and you don't want that? Ooh, that's bad. You know, and um, you know, I think that's you know, in that in the spirit of what he said in that that remark is that. Yeah, I think people do want to keep their options open and, you know, looking at the difference when we're defining the, you know, what is the church, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in just a moment, but just hinting on, like, they'll they'll kind of... Double in on the universality of the church and mm. say I'm part of the church regardless of where I'm at locally. Mm. And while that is true, there's a missing element, a crucial missing element in sanctification, that um, the Bible really does um, highlight. And so I'm, I'm hoping that we'll we'll be able to dive into that. But I think it is important because of our issue today with commitment phobia. Yes, like you said, mm-hmm. we live in a uh, keeping our options open. Um, and, you know, the Bible really doesn't celebrate individualism. I think he Mm -hmm. he talks about somewhere about, um, you know, we want to be expressive with individualism. Mm -hmm. Um, but the Christian life is very one another. Yes. You know? Yes. And, um, that's definitely expressed through commitment with a local church. Mm -hmm. So, let's, let's really tease out what the church is.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: So... You got the local church, you got mm-hmm. the universal church. Mm-hmm. Just I'm just gonna alley oop this over to you. Like yeah. what is a local church? What's the difference between a universal church?
0: Yeah, so the local church is that often called the closer visible church, right? It's that mm-hmm. church that uh, you see and by that I mean those people with whom you on a weekly basis, or hopefully more often than that, uh, relate to in a consistent manner as part of the body of Christ. Those are the people that you often find yourself worshiping alongside with, uh, studying the scripture alongside with, and so that local or quote-unquote visible element Mm -hmm. is the body of people uh, locally with whom you often gather. Mm. That being distinct from the universal, sometimes called the invisible church, Mm -hmm. in that it is the totality of all those individuals, past, present, and future, who are Christians, that is, you know, true believers in Christ, uh, resting in Christ for their salvation. And so that's just all of those who are part of the body of Christ. That's a universal church. Um, n- none of these really are a building, to be clear, local or universal. It's We're not a- talking. Cool hip logo. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, this is not just some random assortment of bricks or wood. Uh, whatever it kind of goes back
1: to what the Greek word is. Yeah. for church. Yeah, exactly. And it's an assembly. Yes. Go ahead and pronounce that yeah. word. Ecclesia. Yes. Yes. That's and right. so it's it's the it's an assembly of people, and mm. so yeah, the church is not a building; it's a people. Mm. That's theologically accurate. Mm. Um, but it does have a local realm and a universal realm. Mm. And so um, one of the things I love about the local church is that it kind of gives you a glimpse of that universal church. Yes. That it it almost, when you look around on like a, a Sunday gathering with the local church, like literally you're getting a glimpse of heaven. Yeah. Of people worshiping God together. And and with that, it's it's a really great thing to to be aware of, mm-hmm. and be able to define a, a conviction within all of our lives that the church, the local church, matters. Mm-hmm. And what matters even more is that y- that we all commit to a local church. That's right. And and the local church is, in essence, to uh, proclaim. The Mm -hmm. gospel—it's one of the roles of the local church that was entrusted to the apostles to Mm -hmm. proclaim the gospel. He established it. He established the church to carry out that very task of to preach the gospel, being central to its mission. Mm -hmm. You even see that in the letters uh, to Timothy. Um, So, not only to proclaim the gospel, but to preserve the gospel. There's something that's protected um, in the local church, and you know, Paul in uh in his letter to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3:15 Paul calls the church a pillar and buttress of of the truth mm. and the church is charged with the task of preserving the true gospel throughout the ages mm, and mm. so it does this faithfully through preaching the gospel refuting false teachers mm-hmm. and maintaining doctrinal doctrinal and moral purity that's right among its members and so in that when you're Objective is to proclaim the gospel and to preserve the gospel. Mm. Your ultimate goal is to display the gospel. Mm. Um, So, Paul says that through the church, God makes known his wisdom Mm. to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's in Ephesians 3. Mm. And so, with the church, what the church is being emphasized, I think this is where church membership comes into play as being a vital element of doing the local church well Mm -hmm. and doing that right. And so I think logically you can flow into why church membership is important then. Yeah. Because um, church membership almost basically declares that you are citizens of Christ's kingdom here locally. Mm -hmm. Um, You're announcing you know, that you're part of that. It's it's also like an assurance, too, that you are a Christian, um, you're Jesus' representative, and this formal commitment, that C word, yeah, that's that scary. formal C word, mm-hmm. is saying sort of like the commitment at the altar of a wedding, like, till death do we part, mm-hmm. like, we are committed sickness or in health. Mm-hmm. And, you know... We'll definitely get into what we're not saying <laughs> yeah. towards the end, because there are some valid reasons yeah. to break fellowship. I was just um, imagining what of, people would say. Off of essential things. Yeah. Um, and so we'll get into that later. But but the commitment that we make at, at the altar is um, is similar, I believe, to a commitment you're making to a church that is healthy and on mm. a road of health. I'll just qualify it with that right now. That's right. Um, And so it it definitely has biblical expressions. It's also, um, you know, a church being its members. um, It's how you officially represent Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's all sorts of other reasons of of why church membership does truly matter. Mm -hmm. But let's just dive in to, is it biblical?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that because, you know, I didn't see the word... Church membership or you church membership it? classes in the uh, Bibles. Have so. you
1: have you checked the Passion translation?
0: You know, that's a good question. Brian Simmons might have put something in that translation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually. Um, <laughs> uh, how how would you how would you go about mm. in the scripture? Because people are so you know focused on like I have to find the specific word there, not the concept, but the word. Mm-hmm. Um, what what yeah. does it say about? the church and even being a part of a church Mm -hmm. in some sort of authoritative
1: way. Yeah. So going back to what I believe saying uh, about the commitment problem, Mm -hmm. the individualism that the culture celebrates, but really isn't found in the Bible. The Bible really has this one another relationship. That's right. I do believe that there are passages uh, in scripture where logically it wouldn't make sense without a formal Yes. Formal relationship between an individual Christian and a local assembly. Yeah. Um, I know one of the the resources we've read through um, kind of talks about uh, church sailors. Yeah. um, Yeah. Where, um, you know, you got these members who kind of sail in and... They're just there. They they like the preaching. They like the music. And then when they get bored, they just kind of sail on out of the harbor and go go somewhere else. And then get their ears tickled somewhere else. And mm. then you know they'll be back in a couple months, or maybe they'll um, they'll just sit at home and watch the live stream. Um, so yeah, that is definitely a, a problem. Um, but. With the one another element, that's something a little bit closer than sailing in and yes. out and and everything. That's literally entering the harbor of the church, li- literally getting out of your boat and sinking that boat mm-hmm. to the to the very bottom of the ocean yep. because you are there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, this is a prayerful decision. It's a very serious decision. You want to be where where mm-hmm. God is is clearly uh placing you for sanctification uh to mm-hmm. grow in holiness and to progress in your faith and and a lot comes from I don't want to get into too much ecclesiology with um <laughs> everything but a lot of that is word centered is the bible being taught you mm-hmm. know is the word being taught i believe it would be expositional being very faithful to handling the word mm-hmm. um and so yeah if we're talking about is it biblical yes mm. Not in an actual word sense, not like, um, not when we're talking about the study of different words within the Bible. But I think logically we see a lot of situations. Of so let's look at one situation, mm. and then maybe you can come up with with another one. Yeah. Um, but the biggest one that really stands out in my head is Matthew 18. Mm. Okay, so that's the church discipline. Bible verse. Sure. Okay. And there's there's a couple other church discipline Bible verses. We have You have it in 1 Corinthians as well. You have it in Titus mm. um, about um, approaching people. And so uh, Matthew 18, verse 15 says that, "...if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church." And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Mm. And so what we have here is it doesn't say, you know, go among the church membership and have a vote and things like that. It doesn't have that. But I think at that time period, defining that official formal assembly wasn't nearly as important um, back then where today we have a shrine club. We have a all these different clubs. We got the bingo clubs. We have and we honestly sadly on a side note, the parameters to be in a shrine club are often much more strict than it is to be part of a local assembly at a church. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that? Wow, that I is mean, it's, uh, strange. It's very, very strange. Topsy turvy. Yeah, you would think that being part of this spiritual union between believers and and God that you would have this uh, real emphasized, strict um, parameter and things like that, but um, it's just not there. Mm. Um, but back on track with with Matthew 18, there's logic in that passage. Um, that you have to pay attention to, because the ability to exclude someone from the church presupposes that it's known who belongs to the church That's right. as a member in the first place. Yeah. So if, obviously, if Matthew 18 is talking about that church sailor, mm. and they're in sin, they're unrepentant in sin, they've talked to them once, twice, and, and now you're saying, well, you know, because you're unrepentant, we are. We need to take this to church membership. We're pleading that you stop, that you repent, mm. that you be restored to fellowship, and that you repent of your sin. If you're a church sailor, you just sail on off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you go somewhere where it's easier to continue <laughs> sinning. Maybe a larger church where you can just hide in the back pew exactly. and still continue in your sexual affair or whatever that sin might look like that you're mm. not repenting from, and And yeah, so the logic of that passage is there. It presupposes that you can be excluded from something. Mm. yeah
0: and also it presupposes that there is enough order in the church mm-hmm. that this gathering of believers <clears throat> is able to, as a body, mm-hmm. bring it to you know the church wholesale. and so mm-hmm. it also presupposes some form of membership mm-hmm. by saying, the whole of us are able to identify that you're not part of us. Yeah, right. And so it, it, it does show some sort of un- unity within these members and mm-hmm. between them that allows them to say formally, as a formal declaration, this person is to us as a gentile and a tax collector. Yeah. And so that makes sense. That, yeah. That, that that does make sense. Now, how about you know how this relates to, let's say elders, right? How does membership relate to the nature of these elders that are above you? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that's kind of uncomfortable to hear that thought of like, I don't like to have these people who are consistently shepherding. Yeah. You know, the Bible would never mention anything about
1: shepherding, right? It wouldn't do that. (laughs) Not a chance. No, no, they would just throw out all the allusions to God being the the gardener, you know, and mm. and uh, Jesus being the vine, and you know Israel being the vine in the in the Old Testament. <laughs> oh <And> yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, we would just take all yep. of that uh, that shepherding language out. Mm. Um, the Lord being our shepherd, but yeah, just throw it all out, right? Yeah, just, of course. Yeah, it's easier that way, but yeah. not according to Hebrews thirteen. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says that uh, there's a relationship between leaders and those that they're leading, and um, it's used often, uh, sometimes by authoritarian leaders to kind of whip people into submission. Uh, but I think its intention is to actually keep uh, keep this uh, level ground at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. That leaders need their sheep to hold them accountable. And sheep need to also be submissive to the shepherd because the shepherd knows. They're, they're, they know best. They know how best to care for them. They know mm. best how to nourish the flock, you know, using that imagery of shepherding. Of course. So Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give have to give an account. Hmm. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Wow. And so the logic, even in this passage, brings sort of two rhetorical questions to the table. And that's, if there is no biblical requirement to belong to a church, then which leaders should an individual Christian obey and submit to? Hmm. On planet Earth, right? Right. Yeah, actually, um, that makes sense. Know, um, it it kind of completely throws out that whole idea that well, um, you know, I watch John Piper's mm. podcast every every week and he's my pastor, and um, but John Piper has no idea who you are.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure none of John Piper's you know extra elders or yeah, leaders in the nobody. church also yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, even I'm thinking of Parkside. Alistair Beg is yeah. just uh, up in uh, just north of us, mm. and so he actually has a membership cutoff. He only allows people to join if they live within 30 miles of the church. Oh, and so even wow. though it's so close to Youngstown, it's just like about less than an hour drive north. Um, I could not join his church, mm. and I love that because he's really emphasizing the fact that. It's not like... He needs to know his sheep yes. intimately, and they have to be in, in this proximity that's able to... He doesn't want to have to drive to Youngstown and expand that for the sake... I mean, we live in a celebrity culture. Yeah. Um, but if, you're, if your podcast pastor is your shepherd and your shepherd doesn't know your name, you are not doing anything to help your sanctification exactly at all. Yeah. And so that's definitely a rhetorical question in this passage. Mm. Who... Which leader do you submit to in your individual Christian life? But also, um, it also asks who will the pastor of a church give an account for? Hmm. There's a knowing and being known.
0: That makes sense in
1: that passage, you know? Yeah. And and so Alistair isn't going to be held in account for some guy who thinks that he's a member of Parkside Church. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. um, that, that's fine. But he, Alistair is not going to be held accountable for that. And so nor would uh, a sailor, a church sailor at Steel Valley Church, mm-hmm. um, would I be held accountable for, because there's no there's no agreement of, of submission. It's just they, you know, people come in and then they can leave whenever they want. Um And so that church membership is that formal union of knowing Mm. which leaders on planet Earth that individual Christians submit to, and also Mm. which people on planet Earth I am going to be held accountable for.
0: Yeah, yeah, it covers both ends there. Yeah. Uh, With the beauty, of course, being mutual submission to Christ first and foremost, which is the greatest defense for what I think we'll be talking about next, which Mm -hmm. is... <clears throat> you know what are what are some of the fears people have? Right? What are we saying, yeah. not saying in this discussion? Yeah. Um, in that our mutual submission, right? You as my pastor and me as a member of the church submitting mm-hmm. to your rule, mm-hmm. we both submit to Christ, right? Mm-hmm. We both we both submit to God, mm-hmm. um, and that is by far our greatest shield mm-hmm. and protection mm-hmm. to what usually scares people. Yeah. Um. And so, in that, what are we saying, and what are we not saying about church membership yeah. and all of this?
1: Yeah. So, we're definitely not saying that church membership is, is found in the Bible, necessarily, mm-hmm. in an in actual word sense. Yeah. Um, but what it is, what we are saying is that you can logically look at passages in the Bible. I mean, we didn't. We could go on yeah. for probably a, a significant more, uh, longer amount of time. Oh, for sure. Um, going through Acts
0: would have been probably sufficient enough if we're honest. Honestly, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, going through Acts 5, yep. 12 through thirteen, you could you could visit First Timothy five mm. nine through twelve. That's right. Um, and you could also maybe visit Second Corinthians two six. That's right. Um, all 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 things that logically just um, illustrate that there's some sort of formal union mm. within a group of believers that is has that commitment to it. Exactly. And that commitment is good. Mm. Um, Hebrews ten has that that emphasis on us and we. It's just incredible of how you see this one another, even throughout the epistles. Hmm. Like, Paul is addressing churches um, and calling them, like uh, Colossians 3, 16, let the word of Christ dwell richly like in you. Yeah, yeah. And it talks about that forgiving one another as we have been forgiven and bearing with one another. That's right. And the call of church membership is like a saying, like, when things get hard... Just like they get hard in marriage. Don't give up. Don't run away just because
0: things get tough.
1: Yes. Yes. And there are some exceptions. We'll clarify. Yes. But with the most part, if you have a godly leader... Mm-hmm. Who is leading with with his heart just captivated by Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and he is faithful to God's God's word, mm-hmm. and they're set up with an elder led church government with deacons, and everything's in order. Yeah, that is a church to really double down in, yeah. um, and and be blessed by, and and be be encouraged through. Um, but yeah, things that we're not saying. I definitely think that there is the probably this resounding, uh, probably this resounding listener Mm -hmm. that's like, well, what if? Yeah. What if the pastor goes off the rails, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And you're telling me to keep my family in a an abusive, potentially abusive, traumatic situation and possibly ruin them, you know, what 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 constitutes a reason to break fellowship? Mm. What does that look like?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, if the assumption is that this is a shepherd under whom you submit for the proper feeding of the flock, right? They are properly feeding you the scripture in a way that is correct and uh, consistently in line with good teaching and theology, You know, if if they fail to uphold that principle as a shepherd, um, then there's good reason uh, to consider after, of course, speaking with the pastor, speaking with the elders. I think that's the part
1: that's missing a lot. Well, of course. No,
0: people never want to actually go out of their way to speak with the resources you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, if a church doesn't have those resources, then admittedly that makes it extra difficult so then i'd say okay you know especially in like a
1: small church setting possibly another church where like there's just one pastor yeah you know exactly right it's like well that'd be tough you got no other person you just have to address conflict nobody likes conflict nobody Mm -hmm. likes commitment i kind of just like to you know just keep options open in all cases and you know
0: yeah not good for relationships never should There's really no
1: relationship when you're fearing commitment, when you're fearing conflict. I mean, relationships have conflict. Yes. And it's not necessarily bad um, all the time, Mm -hmm. depending how the conflict resolves. Exactly.
0: And so I I think it's important, you know, that we're we're not saying stay in these uh, spiritually abusive situations with pastors, not at all. Um, But after you have made that proper effort to try and address... Uh, things you think to be very wrong with their teaching, with the way that they go about leading the church body. Uh, and all of this being biblically rooted, don't just give complaints, give biblically rooted mm-hmm. um, assertions and claims. Mm-hmm. you know that's that's good biblical um, shepherding even on the part of a member. Yeah, uh, and then after that's been presented, if you find that the pastor is not willing to repent of this, you know um, incorrect teaching and poor leadership, Uh, then that would be a better instance in which you can consider taking your family to a place which is uh, known for having good biblical teaching. Don't just run away from a bad situation, run towards a good one. Uh This is really important. So many people will just run away from a bad situation Mm -hmm. and then they'll just be left in limbo or they'll just find another church that's equally bad. You have to not just run away from, but you have to run to, Mm -hmm. right? And so intentional, directional uh, membership-seeking. You mm-hmm. want to find a church with good practice and policy, mm-hmm. good church teaching and theology, yep. and then you could know that that membership would be... Well said. You know, a, a more well-thought biblical pursuit, right? Yeah. And so not supporting yeah. anything that's authoritarian, yep. spiritually abusive, yep. and, I mean, I, I guess, you know, we both could talk to the fact that some of these fears are... Substantiated, they're well rooted in experiences. Mm -hmm. Some of us have had bad experiences with other churches of which we were members for a long time. Yeah, and so you can understand the apprehension. Mm -hmm. I for sure know that apprehension. It it is scary, Mm -hmm. but the fact that one relationship or the fact that one instance in a church did not go the way it should have Mm -hmm. does not mean that there is no possibility of any relationship or any. Uh, church membership going the way it ought to.
1: Amen. Yeah. And
0: so, you know, I I get it's scary. I know it's difficult, wildly difficult to get over that fear, but in prayer, earnestly ask the Lord for the courage to submit to a healthy Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church body. Mm -hmm.
1: That is where we will find our peace. Yeah. As difficult as it is to, you know, see. That's, that's so well said. And it's, it's definitely what what you're hinting at is, um, one of the Nine Mark's authors, um, is Jonathan Lehman. Mm. And, um, yeah, ha- they actually have a good podcast too. Um, but he talks about congregationalism mm. and it's, it's definitely like, um, congregationalism is like, a sense that the congregation does have a say Mm -hmm. in that. So if the elders do go off the rails, the congregation is expected to challenge and, 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 um, address things that there, some denominations, like the pastor is where the buck stops Mm. and you can't question the Lord's anointed. (laughs) That's dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, and or else you're gonna all of a sudden you're gonna be sick, and your family's gonna struggle and, mm-hmm. and um, suffer. Um, but congregationalism is actually biblical in the sense that we're we're at the foot of the cross. There's level ground. Mm-hmm. Um, God has called other people to different roles, uh, but. At the end of the day, we're all Christians. Yep. And uh, so, for instance, me as an elder of a church, I would desire, if if ever something is said wrong, mm. to be approached by a church member, not find out in a letter from them that they're leaving the church because something was said, because mm. that's not doing me any good. Even, even writing and correcting on the way out isn't the best thing, mm. uh, because that's not bearing with one another. Amen. It's not forgiving one another. Um, it's not biblical to handle things. Things like that, yeah. And so, congregationalism is definitely that uh, veto of, of power when, uh, when those cases when the elders go off the rails. I would encourage anybody if they're they're leaving a church is to definitely have a conversation. Yes, um, that you're willing to reconcile. Um, I've had many conversations uh, where it's just, it's not reconcilable. Mm. Um, It's mostly, it's mostly happened with conversations where something was communicated that was taken a a different way than it was intended. Mm. And so people get all torn up about it and then all of a sudden create uh, a whole persona in their minds of reality. But it's not like, it's a misrepresentation of um my heart in the matter. And unfortunately I've lost many good friends, um, hmm. you know, according to those miscommunications. And so definitely I would encourage, unless it's like blatant, like heresy, um, they, they bring an animal on stage and, and, you know, sacrifice it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. There's, there's a certain point where it's like, all right, um, you know, find the nearest exit. Yeah. Um, this is an emergency, yeah. um, but in a, In a very faithful context of uh, pastors, elders, overseers who uh, who care about the church, who are Mm. who are biblical leaders, who are gracious leaders, have a conversation Mm -hmm. and um, and always assume the best. You know, we are given so much grace by God in our lives, Mm. and for some reason, we do not have grace with one another. Yeah, that's that's the truth in the church. People always assume the worst mm. rather than assuming the best, and um, that's definitely a, a problem. So, we're definitely not saying that you stick to a church, um, and there's no way of getting out of that. No, mm-hmm. that's called a cult, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well said, <laughs> that is a definition right there. <laughs> so, um but a church is definitely members striving together. Before an elder was an elder, he was a church member, mm-hmm. and that's just that's just what at the end of the day, what it comes down to. We we need each other yes, in do. the body of Christ, and especially in the local body of Christ. Mm. So, that's the biggest probably objection that I can think of of, oh, of what course. we're not saying. Um, but maybe there's some other things that that may come out, and maybe we'll do a part two sometime. Yeah um yeah. regarding maybe some feedback that we get um but yeah i i would definitely commend everyone um who is not a church member uh, possibly any regular attendees attendees at steel valley church um you know um evaluate our doctrine evaluate our beliefs and if you believe that it's a good place to weigh your anchor and and just sink that boat you came sailing in on yeah. um you know let's grow together mm-hmm. right that's right amen but is there anything else you want to say?
0: No, no. Um, it's good. It's just a new concept. Even even after a year, I'm, I'm still amazed at how incredible church membership is. I'm amazed at the way the Bible speaks about, and I'm amazed at the way that the Lord uses church membership to help, well, I mean, not even going to speak about the concept, just personally, to help me grow. So it's been really just, Uh, incredible Mm -hmm. to see how much a year and a solid membership or eventually approaching a year and a solid membership at a Mm -hmm. good bible believing gospel preaching church it it changes a lot Mm -hmm. like a lot so um pray on it but find peace in the wonderful gift that the lord has given us within the church
1: body the one another yeah it's amazing it is amazing but thanks for having this conversation today, yeah. and uh, bringing your contributions. You articulated a lot of things really well, and uh, it's a blessing to have you at the church at Steel Valley Church. Hey, praise God! Thank you. So, uh, unfortunately, you can't whistle us out. No, but, not a um, chance. But we'll definitely see.
0: Put, put an audio cue of uh, <laughs> an audio clip of someone whistling, <laughs> and then it'll make it seem like I actually did. We'll
1: practice on that later. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. I'll see you later. See you.
0: This podcast is a ministry of Steel Valley Church. For more information on how to participate, visit our website at steelvalleychurch.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.